This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres, and Money Mike did not know we were starting. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. I did not know we were starting. That's going to be a great start to the show, though. <laughs> How's it going, man? How are, are you sure you're actually doing good, or are you just saying that as a filler? You know what? I'm, 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 I am doing good. I did not expect the Giants to win. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I, I picked Cleveland to win. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. They're, they're, they're not a good team. So even if they get to the playoffs, they're not good. So... Uh, if they make the playoffs, I'll take it. If they don't, I'll take it. You know, right now, there are, it's, it's amazing to me that three of the teams that have a top 10 draft pick, if the playoffs were to start today, three of those top 10 teams still have a chance to make the playoffs. That's true, man. God, I, I just don't understand this year's NFL season. But, hey, the Giants still have a chance, and the Jaguars still have a chance for maybe some success down the line. I am very excited about that. But first... I know you wanted to talk about this. Mike, why don't you leave this discussion? Because I know you just love the Buffalo Bills. So well, why don't you just take it away? For the first time since 1995, the Buffalo Bills have won, against my predictions, the AFC East. They won hey, the AFC East. Hey. And they had a huge crowd, not social distancing, to welcome them back in Buffalo when they got off the plane. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, it, it, it's, it's – it's, they absolutely – it was – a lot of people thought that the Denver game might be a trap game because Denver's not very good. It's hard to play in that altitude. It was Josh Allen's first time playing up there. Uh, and they kicked the, they kicked the crap out of them. They, <laughs> and they took care of business. They went in knowing that, that they can win the AFC East if they just win the game. And they did it. And I think what makes it sweeter for Bills fans is the Patriots lost, and not only lost, are mathematically eliminated from making the playoffs at all in the same weekend. So I think it's uh, just an all-around victory for Bills fans around the uh, – around the country yeah man it was a hell of a day to uh, be a pseudo bills fan for the rest of the season as i am um because of just how terrible my team is but uh you're right the bills took care of business went into a game that they knew they should win and they won it handily 48 to 19 josh allen had another hell of a game stefan diggs had another hell of a game this team is rolling man i just hope they're not peaking too soon i hope it doesn't fall off right before the the playoffs I, i I don't have NFL Network. I know that Stefan Diggs hurt his ankle. Is he good to go, or is it something that he's? I don't know, actually. Let's see. Stefan Diggs early early reports on Stefan Diggs's foot aren't overly worrisome, so that's good. That's the that's name good. of the article. Okay. That's good. That's huge. That's that'd be a huge <laughs> blow to the uh, the Bills' offense. No, the Bills are in the playoffs, and as we're recording this, just for transparency for those listening, the Steelers and Bengals have not yet played. We are assuming that Pittsburgh's going to win. So, with that being said. Pittsburgh still needs to lose one more game and the Bills need to win their next two to have the two seed going into the playoffs. And that would have them play the worst wildcard team that makes it into the playoffs. Now, I don't know about you, but right now, if I'm the Bills, the one team I don't want to play in the wildcard round is Baltimore. Baltimore is the only team because Baltimore is hot and Baltimore has played Buffalo pretty well the last couple of times they've played them. We were there um, in Buffalo last time Baltimore went there. Um, Bills played it tight and the Bills are a lot better and the Baltimore's not as good as they were last year but Baltimore just seems to be hot and in, they're already in playoff mode I feel like so that'd be if I was a Bills fan I would be nervous about Baltimore but I feel good if they could play Cleveland I feel good if they have to play the Colts I actually feel good if they have to play Tennessee because they've already seen Tennessee once it was early in the season and they got a good view of Tennessee even though Tennessee blew them out in Nashville so I feel like of all the matchups that could possibly happen for Buffalo Baltimore's the one that worries me the most what do you think 
Um, yeah, I mean, of all the matchups, yeah, that's probably the one that's the most dangerous. But I still would pick Buffalo to win that game. Uh, Buff- or Baltimore's defense has actually been kind of struggling lately. I feel like they've been giving up a lot of points. I mean, obviously, you kind of just throw away the game they just had against the Jaguars because it's the Jaguars. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, the Jaguars' defense is terrible. Uh, the offense can't do anything. Yeah, so it's like you can't really take the Jaguars' games serious at all. So before that, the Ravens – They've been giving up points. So I think the way this Buffalo Bills offense has been playing, even if the defense kind of goes down a little bit, because obviously Baltimore has a great run game, I, I, I just feel like this Bills offense can definitely keep up with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens offense. So I agree. Baltimore is definitely the toughest matchup. But even if that ends up being what it is, I still pick Buffalo. Yeah, no, I, I still would pick Buffalo too. I'm saying if I were to be the most nervous of a matchup, that would be the one I would want the least. I I, uh, I think, honestly, after watching them play the Giants, I if I'm a Bills fan, I want Cleveland. Cleveland's who I want. Not that Cleveland's bad. Cleveland has a pretty good offense this year. Uh, they don't turn the ball over, and they run the ball really, really well. But their defense just isn't that good. I mean, the Giants were moving the ball pretty easily against Cleveland. They just couldn't, they just couldn't convert in the red zone. Um, so I feel like the Bills would be able to take advantage of Cleveland's defense, and I feel like Buffalo's defense would be good enough in that game to win that game for the mm-hmm. Bills. Um Colts, you know, Colts are up and down. I feel like even though they're 10 and 4, I feel like sometimes they're they look really good and sometimes they look like okay. Um they never really looked bad. And the only time yeah. the, the Colts looked bad was week 1. They were very close to losing to Houston on Sunday too though. So right. like they, so they will Yeah, they they can drop games to teams that they really should beat. So who knows what version of Philip Rivers you're going to get in that week. So I, I definitely think the Bills, they have a solid chance to get their first home playoff one in a yeah. very, very long time. So yeah. everything is incredibly exciting in Buffalo, but everything is also incredibly exciting in Jacksonville. Yes. Um, <laughs> so just to, if anybody listening to this doesn't know, the New York Jets are just inept at everything, including tanking their season to get the number one draft pick and draft probably the most hyped prospect in a long time in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Since Peyton Manning for sure. Um, And it's just nuts that the Jets were able to pull out a win. What was it? 23 to 20 against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams who were playing for all the Rams went into, they went into week 15 knowing all they had to do to clinch a playoff spot was just beat the O and 13 New York Jets. That's all (laughs) I had to do. All all you had to do was (laughs) the Jets. Doesn't seem too hard, right? Well, dude, this went along with what we were saying during our power ranking that this Rams team is just so held back by Jared Goff. And when Jared Goff is bad, Jared Goff is bad. And yeah. I just feel like they, the offenses couldn't get anything going. And eventually, I mean, since they, uh, the Jets were able to build a lead early, all they had to do was just stop the offense from scoring. And they were able to do that for the most part. Yeah. I'm going to read you some stats, Okay. 322 yards, 69% completion, 8.9 yards per throw, QBR of 88.4, two touchdowns, one interception, 90 rushing yards at 14 attempts, one rushing touchdown in a 34 to 10 victory this weekend. Who was that? That was Trevor Lawrence in the ACC championship. That is who the Jets theoretically lost by winning yesterday. Because Trevor Lawrence, I mean, the two quarterbacks that are being talked about for to being the top two picks are Trevor Lawrence and Fields. And Fields is good, but he is the, the the gap between these two, based on college football experts, is not even close. So now it's like, what do you? I mean, I saw something like the Jets didn't go 0 and 16. Yeah, it's like, what are you excited about? 
<laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> but the thing is that Sam Darnold didn't want to go 0 16. None of the uh, players want Frank players Gore in his last season, you know. The, the coach doesn't want to go 0 16 because he's probably going to get fired anyway. Yeah. So, he, you know, so it was really, you know, the Jets were going to try to win a game, and I'm just surprised that they did. But because of strength of schedule reasoning, the Jaguars acquired that number one pick. And it's funny to me that the, the major media outlets um, in sports are not really talking about what the Jags are going to be able to do with Trevor Lawrence. It's more of the story is the Jets losing it. Uh, because, Which should be the story. The New York, obviously the bigger market. Nobody gives a shit about Jacksonville. Well, and, and the thing is that, you know, by not getting Trevor Lawrence, if, if things hold, if the Jags lose out and, and keep the number one pick, which could potentially fall away from you because you do play Chicago this week. And J- the Jags have played a lot of tight games with teams in the NFC North this year, in particular, Green Bay, Minnesota, they, and the Bears have been very inconsistent. So that's a game the Jags theoretically could still win. Um, Dude, if, <laughs> if that happens, Jacksonville fans, all 10 of them are just going to riot. You yeah. know, it's going to be so freaking frustrating. Yeah. Everybody's going to be so mad. Doug Marone's going to come on afterwards and be like, I mean, we're going to try and win. I mean, yeah. th- th- you play football to win, and we're all going to be like, fuck you, Doug Marone, you should be fired. I'm already <laughs> getting worked up about it, and it hasn't even happened. <laughs> Well, isn't it it's safe to assume that both the Jets and the Jags are going to fire their head coaches, right? Yeah. And whoever gets Trevor Lawrence, that job is much more attractive than the team that's not getting Trevor Lawrence. So that's another thing that the Jets lose out on. They lose out on getting Trevor Lawrence, and they lose out on potentially getting a really, really good head, head coaching candidate. Because there yeah. are probably some head coaches that are like, I'd go back into coaching if I could coach in New York and if I could coach Trevor Lawrence. And all that cap space. Because both these teams have a lot of cap space to make some moves to build around Trevor if right. they acquire Trevor. So yeah. that, it's not just Trevor. It, it, there's so many other elements because you have to get your coaching right too. And that's also why the mayor of Jacksonville was so happy too. He's like, oh, this team's going to be good, which is going to bring my city more revenue. Like, yeah. well, what else could I ask for? Yeah. Now, will, will you, if, if it, on week 17 concludes and the Jags have the number one pick, will you pre-order a Trevor Lawrence jersey? <laughs> no, I will not because – the new GM that the Jags hire is probably going to be incompetent is probably going to screw this up and take like an offensive lineman with the first pick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How awful would that be? Oh my dude. I honestly, that might be the one instance where I contemplate for a second that I wouldn't be a Jags fan anymore because like that, that is just the most ridiculous outcome you could ever ask for in this situation. Wouldn't you say? It would be absolutely <laughs> catastrophic for whoever doesn't whoever has the number one pick to not take trevor lawrence now the funnier thing about this because the jets seem to be that team that have bad luck they just seem to have bad they there have been 10 teams since they expanded the the schedule to having 16 games there have been 10 teams that finished one and 15 all of them got the number one pick (laughs) all of them except one the one team that didn't was the 2002 Carolina Panthers. And the reason they didn't, and they knew going into the season they wouldn't, because that was the year that they expanded and had the Houston Texans come into the league. So, that, so everybody going into that year knew you're playing for the number two draft pick if you're the worst team in the league. Right. So other than that, other than that one instance, every team that's ever gone one in 15 has had the number one draft pick. And the Jets theoretically could finish one in 15 and not have the number one draft pick. It is so hilarious to me as a Giants fan. Because I don't hate the Jets or anything like that, but I, I came this close to becoming a Jets fan when I was a kid, and I want to go back in time and shake that young man's hand and say, good decision, young man. <laughs> yeah, you did good. You did uh, good. So the Jets did good. The Rams did good. The Jags did good. I am uh, very happy with how this weekend end and I ended, and I'm hoping 
that the Jaguars and Doug Marone don't screw this up. I've just been waiting for him to come out in an interview and say, oh, we're still going to play to win. I don't care about all these draft picks, bro. Just leave us with something to be happy about after this season. Right. Um, yeah, you've, you've got Chicago, and then you have Indianapolis, who is the team, the only team that you've beaten this year. But Indy was, like, a much different team than they are now. So yeah. I, I feel like the Colts are going to win that game. Because the Colts are really playing for a lot more than the Jags are. Um, no, of course. They're trying to win the division. Basically. Yeah, they're still yeah. – I mean, which is still – they're tied at 10-4 with Tennessee. Now, I don't know if they both finish with the same record. Who has the tiebreaker since they – I think Tennessee does. Okay, so Tennessee does. So, yes, yeah, so the yeah. Colts need to basically win out to win the division. So, in reality, though, if the Colts lose next week and then the Titans win, what, what does – I guess the Colts probably have, like, we'll seeding to play for. Because they get to lose a wild card spot. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so – all right, so that that's good to hear. Obviously, I mean, we, our theory was that Bill Belichick was going to throw the last game against the Jets anyway. He still might. He still might just guarantee because <laughs> he, 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 he can't control what the Jags do, but he can control what he does. So yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he still did that. Yeah, and there's no way the Jags are winning out, you know. Like, if they no. do win, it might be next week against the Bears because of some fluke. Yeah, I mean, for, fortunately for the Jaguars, they play two games against teams that desperately need to win. Yeah. So they're playing two desperate teams right now, teams that are desperate to win because they're trying to secure their own playoff spot. Chicago is more desperate than Indy because at least Indy, even if they don't win the division, are most likely going to get a wild card spot. But yeah. the Bears have to win out to, to get a, a playoff spot. So, now the only issue I find too is that uh, Gardner Minshew is playing to hopefully get a spot on another team. So, you know, he's going to be playing right. his ass off. Yep. Um, but obviously he, I'm sure he played his ass off on Sunday and that didn't help that matters at all since they were down 26 to zero at halftime. But anyway, we'll move on from the Jags. Huge news for Trevor Lawrence, because I'm sure he doesn't want to play in New York anyway. I don't know if he wants to play in Jacksonville either, but I mean, well, he, 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 he spoke on the Dan Patrick show last week about how he's actually embracing the idea of playing for a team that's bad and trying to make those around him better. Yeah. So he was talking now, how is it? He, he might've been talking in context of thinking I'm going to be playing in New York city. Because I do think for Trevor Lawrence's sake, for him personally, it'd be better for him to play in New York than Jacksonville just because it's a bigger market and it's better to brand yourself. Yeah, um, I think in terms of roster around him, though, I think the Jaguars have a better offense. Like, okay. just the, the pieces. James yeah. Robinson at running back, they have decent receivers. So, I think he'll be more successful if he plays in Jacksonville. But you're right. Like, obviously, you want to play in New York. Do you have any confidence in the GM in Jacksonville to put the right pieces around Trevor? Like say they draft Trevor, they do the smart thing, the most obvious thing and draft Trevor number one. Do you feel confident in their ability to put people around him to build a successful team in the next few years? Depends on who they hire. <laughs> they still haven't filled the, the position yet. They fired David Caldwell earlier in the season. Um, and like, I know the only big candidate that I've seen is Lewis Riddick. And obviously he's a, a media member. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see who they hire for GM and then we'll see from there if they decide to make the right move. Uh, we don't even know who's going to be the coaching staff. There's, right. there's still a lot of things to figure out before then. Yeah, no, I agree. No, but it's interesting. It's, it, it, this is probably the first podcast in the history of this show where the Jaguars and Giants are relevant to what's going on in this deep in the season. It's the biggest story. Hard. Everybody was talking about the Jaguars and social media. That didn't happen at all this season. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so uh, any other big NFC East storylines you wanted to cover? Maybe the Washington football team almost well, coming back against Seattle? Well, I was going to go through. So if you're a fan of the NFC East, uh, as far as you're a fan of a team that's in that division, it's week 16, and all four teams still have a chance to win. And I'm just going to run through each scenario for every team. So if you're a Cowboys fan listening, ugh, 
Um, <laughs> here's your scenario to make it to the playoffs. You need to win out against Philadelphia, New York, and you need Washington. So if Washington wins one game, Dallas is out. If they lose to Philadelphia, they're out. Or if they lose to the Giants, they're out. They could go one and one. doesn't matter. They're, they're out of it. They lose one more game, they're done. So that's the cow scenario for the Cowboys. If you're an Eagles fan listening to this, you need to win out, plus you need Washington to lose out, and you need the New York Giants to lose at least one more game. So the Giants could go one and one, but if you win out and Washington loses out, the Eagles are the team that represent the NFC, uh, the NFC East. The Giants, they need to win out, um, plus Washington has to go one and one in their next two games. Or this is the really weird scenario for the Giants playoffs. They need to win against Dallas. They can lose to Baltimore. They need Washington to lose out. I need Philadelphia to lose versus Dallas. So if the Giants win against Dallas, that's one loss for Dallas, they're out. If Washington loses out, they would have the same record as the Giants if the Giants win the one game against Dallas. And then if Philadelphia just completely uh, only wins one game but loses to Dallas, they wouldn't have a better record than the Giants. And the Giants would win the, the division at 6-10. and 10. That's a really weird scenario. I doubt that's going to happen. And the Washington football team, they have the easiest route. Win out win your next two games against Carolina and against Philadelphia, or just go one and one over the next two games and the Giants lose one more game and you're in. Yeah. So in reality, the expected outcome is that the Washington football team will make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I would say if, I'm most confident and I would be most comfortable if I was a fan of Washington right now. Um, the Giants need a lot of help to, to really get there. Plus, plus they have to, to, they have to win against Dallas. They don't have to necessarily win against Baltimore, but they do have to win against Dallas. Just winning against Baltimore would really put them in a good spot because they would just need Washington to lose one game. Um, Philadelphia needs the most help uh, because they need, not only do they have to win out, but they need Washington to lose two games and they need the Giants to lose at least one. Um, which, I mean, the Giants, that could happen for the Giants this week. So that's actually pretty easy. Uh, and the Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys have a lot of control over what they can do. They just have to win, but they just need Washington to lose two games. Now, that's also very possible because Philadelphia is desperate and could shock. They almost beat Washington the first time. Right. Uh, and uh, Carolina against Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater against Dwayne Haskins. Carolina could win that game. So Dallas is no, nobody's out of it going into this week, but that Dallas and Philadelphia play each other. So whoever loses that game is completely out. So this is a, that's, it's weird to say, but a four and nine team, a four nine and one team versus a five and nine team is a playoff game right now. <laughs> it really, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere. If that happens, I quit. I am never doing another podcast episode again. <laughs> Speaking of which, I need to bring this up because you will really appreciate this. I am messaging with Sir Tommy Leroy right now, yeah. and he said, "Going to be honest, Mike got me with his list, and I was about to never listen to your podcast ever again <laughs> from last week." Stop with a fake list. Yeah, he's like this motherfucker. I'm gonna walk over to his fucking apartment and kick him in the face. <laughs> and he said he was ready to send hate mail. We were gonna get our first piece of hate mail for this show. <laughs> uh, so now that was entertaining for for uh, for to shock our guest at the time, to shock Nick. But oh, that's great. Well, yeah, my, a, friend of, a friend of mine, a friend of mine from Buffalo uh, at the church I was going to out there, texted me because uh, he was listening to the show and he told me he was listening to the show and then he texted me while he was listening and said the the better Allen quarterback really when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah it's a joke <laughs> <laughs> come on come on uh, keep up with us here 
we said yeah, we yeah. tell jokes <laughs> oh no that's funny but uh yeah well uh, we'll see how the nfc east pans out obviously it sounds like there's a lot of things that still need to be uh, hashed out before we can see who the best team out of the nfc least is um yeah other relevant nfl news mike what you got well, you know, you've got a lot of teams. You have the Colts in Tennessee fighting for the division at 10-4. and four. You've got um, – really, I thought we had a Super Bowl preview this weekend, potentially, with Kansas City versus New Orleans. I and mean, that was a really exciting game. Drew Brees did not look good at the beginning of that game, but they were able to fight and make it a three-point loss. So I feel like the Saints could potentially – I mean, they saw where they stacked against arguably the best team in the NFL. And uh, it does it does look like the NFC road to the Super Bowl is going to go through Lambeau Field. I don't, I don't really – like New Orleans going to Lambeau and winning because New Orleans historically in the playoffs is not good outside, uh, even in warm weather. So I feel <laughs> like recently in the playoffs, they haven't been good at all. <laughs> no, they haven't been good at all. And they play on Christmas Day this week against the Vikings, who have eliminated them two out of the last three years. And the Saints could have a revenge game here and knock the Vikings out of playoff contention completely. But I mean, I'm they're just, basically out anyway after losing that, that game to the Bears. So it's well, going to be tough. The attempts they have would be out. I think they mathematically would be eliminated if they lose on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas, Minnesota fans. <laughs> um, yeah. I texted uh, Steve, uh, gave him my condolences, and he said, uh, there's always next year. <laughs> and it looks like Seattle's positioned well to win the NFC West because the Rams lost to the Jets. Now they are a game ahead. Even though they lost to the Rams, they still have one more game against the Rams. All they have to do is win that game. They win the NFC West. And uh, the Cardinals seem to be playing better. They were kind of on a downward slide. And then their beat down against the Giants really built them back up. They beat the Eagles, who the Eagles played really well with Jalen Hurts. They fell behind 60 nothing, and then came back, tied it all the way up to 26-26, and then lost. Um, Honestly, the if I'm a high-seeded NFC team right now, I don't want to play the Cardinals. I don't like, either. They are such a scary team offensively. Yeah. Like Seattle, for one. I mean, I feel like the Cardinals have their number. They basically yeah. beat them twice. They almost beat them twice this year. Yeah. Um, so it, I, that is one wild card team I would want to avoid. Yeah, I would want to avoid them too. I, I feel like if Chicago somehow steals the playoff spot, that's who I'd want to play in the first round. Of course, yeah. Or, or like somehow if like that NFC East scenario worked out where you said two teams from the division make it somehow. That scenario is now done. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. That scenario does <laughs> not happen anymore. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so that is – because if Washington were to go 8-8, eight and eight, which is the only record you can really get at this point to get into the playoff, they'd win the division. They got yeah. the 8-8, they win the division. So that scenario is done. The, the, mathematically, the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys have been eliminated from hitting a wild card. The only shot those three teams have at making the playoffs is winning the division. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> two teams from that division, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a scenario like two weeks ago when there were still some things that could have happened, but the yeah. Giants have not played well the last couple of weeks. So. It, no, it's exciting. You know, teams uh, mathematically got eliminated this week, notably uh, the 49ers. So they won't go back to the Super Bowl to get another chance at Kansas City or, or to redeem themselves from after dominating three of the four quarters in the Super Bowl and losing the game. Uh, the New England Patriots missed the playoffs for the first time since 2008. It's the you know, first year without Tom Brady. They lose. And to note another sports news topic for the NFL, Tom Brady pulls off another comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. He fell behind 17-0, and Tampa Bay still walked away with the win. Uh, so Tampa Bay, that's another team I have a hard time judging as how they're going to do in the playoffs because they can't beat the Saints. They got blown up by the Saints twice, but they blew out Green Bay. So it's a question of – I feel like Tampa Bay could beat either Seattle or, or, or the Rams, um, but can Tampa Bay – you know, it depends if they have to face New Orleans or not. If They, have, if they need to hope someone else knocks out New Orleans. and 
take another shot at Green Bay and see if they can beat them again. Uh, right. But I don't see Green Bay playing as poorly as they did the first time, especially since that game was in Tampa. This game will be in Lambeau Field. Fortunately for Tampa Bay, Tom Brady has plenty of experience in the playoffs in cold weather, so that's not really going to affect him, but it could affect the other players on the team. So, exactly. you know, I, I, I'm excited to see Tom Brady and Tampa Bay in the playoffs. I just don't know how well they're going to do. I feel like they're, they're a year away from being as good as they can be. And the issue with saying that, though, is that, I mean, Tom Brady's – it's amazing he's playing right now. It's amazing he's playing in his early 40s, but – He's only getting older, man. Like, obviously, he still is physically able to play. But I feel like just mentally, you have to deteriorate. And you can kind of already tell that he's just not playing at the level that he used to. And I feel like the longer they wait to put the pieces together, the less likely it's going to happen because their quarterback is just – he's not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. I I, I I think the mental aspect for Tom, he's still so enthusiastic and he, he does so much – film study and he's so into this right. he, he prepares so well that I think the physical stuff's going to leave him before the mental stuff does you think so because yeah, like I, I feel like it's just so hard to make the right read constantly read the right defense constantly and have, keep that your mind intact but hey you might but be right somebody's been playing for 20 years so there's nothing that he, he's not new to anything he's not new there aren't any defenses these days that surprise him yeah you know That's what I mean? it, it, it's it's really about um I'm really curious about his relationship with Bruce Arians because I feel like they're, that's not a great, you know how I heard this comparison. I heard somebody talking about this. You know how um, when you're with a couple that you're friends with um, or that maybe you see out and they're there, you ask them, how's everything going? Oh, it's great. There's, she's so amazing. He's so amazing. If you have to overemphasize how great your relationship is, it's probably not doing too well behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that, that's <laughs> that a good way to put it. Bruce Arians always talks about how great Tom is and Tom talks about how great the relationship is. And it's like, why do you have to go out? Like, why do you have to go out and say that the relationship is great? Yeah. Just do that, you know? No, exactly. That, that, that's how, that's how anything in life works. You know, if you have to talk about it too much, it's probably not as good as you say, but uh, speaking of which I believe, am I still whooping you in the, uh, the picks or are we closer now? No, no, you're 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 beating me pretty bad. I had the Rams as my lock pick this week, so I lost a point. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh no. So uh, this week I went four and three, and I got four points. You went five and two, and got five points. Uh, so I am now trailing. I have a total of forty-six points. You have fifty-seven, and our oh, record. Man. Your record's 46 and 21, mine's 39 and 28. Are so. you even going to be able to come back at this point? I, I feel like uh, it's possible if I get, like, all of my games wrong. You have but... to get, like, every game wrong from here on out, <laughs> and I have to get every game right. So yeah, I'm going to have to make some desperate picks here. I'm going to have to pick mostly upsets this week. And, yeah. uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, let's get into it. The uh, Giants play the Ravens in Baltimore this week. Drew, you taking the Giants or you taking the Ravens? <laughs> You want me to take the Giants, but no, I'm going to take the Ravens. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to take the Ravens too, even though I need to catch you. Uh, I'm not going to just intentionally take get a game wrong. So just, <laughs> yeah, just make it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you've got the Jaguars against the Bears. Now, this is another trap game. Yeah, I'm still going to take the Bears. but because I'm also going to take Chicago. Okay. I need that to happen. So, uh, And then Buffalo, the NFC East winners play a team that's mathematically eliminated, the New England Patriots, in Foxborough. Um, the Bills still need to win because they need to compete for that number two seed with Pittsburgh. Uh, who are you taking? So I did see – I literally just saw the title of an article saying that this is the biggest divisional underdog line the Patriots have ever had in uh, 
which is pretty nuts, or at least not ever had, but have had since the Tom Brady area era began. Um, why can't I find what? What's the spread? Do you have it in front of you? For some reason, it's not here. Um, hold on. It might be too early since week since the week fifteen hasn't finished up yet. Oh, okay. I was just curious. Um, yeah, it looks like they don't have it up on this website yet. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna take Buffalo. Uh, actually, they do. They uh, they have it as a minus seven right now. On yeah. ESPN. So a touchdown dog in in the division that that's pretty huge. Yeah, I am also taking the Bills. Yeah. Um, all right. I took a lock first last week, although it didn't really help me too much. <laughs> My theory was take whoever the Jets are playing. Uh, Drew, who is your lock pick this week? Um, I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs over the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Yeah. I know picking against the Falcons on this podcast never works, but I think this time it'll work. All right. I need to take some risks here. So I'm going to make a lock pick that is actually going to be an upset. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to pick the Indianapolis Colts as a lock over the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> wow. Okay. that That's one hell of a pick. But, hey, you got to do it. Got to do it to come back. That's right. So it's a lock, but it's also an upset. <laughs> All right. Pick me a wild card. All right, Drew. I'm going to have you pick between this. This should be an interesting game between the Green Bay Packers and the Tennessee Titans? Hmm. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans. All right. Going with the upset. Yeah. I think they can do it. Yeah, I think they're, that's, a, that's a good – that's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. All right. So I will is- give you the Panthers going to Washington. Uh, I'm going to go with – I don't believe Alex Smith is playing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to – I'm still going to pick Washington. Okay. He, he believes in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to pick Washington. <laughs> he believes in the man that the Giants didn't draft. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, actually, Washington's favored. So, no, screw that. I'm picking Carolina. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that, that's the way to go, I think, in this scenario. Just to try and get yourself some points. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I noticed I skipped upset again. I think I'm just, I've just like been trying to switch the order, I guess. So okay, go ahead. That's fine, that's fine with me. <laughs> uh, the upset special for me, I've picked a bunch of them already. Um, hmm. What do I believe could happen? <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have saved the Colts for this one. Um, <laughs> if I lose that, then I lose that point because of the lock. I don't mean to give you advice, but honestly, I would take the Rams. Yeah, but they lost the Jets. I know, but this is a big bounce back opportunity. Nope, no, actually, you know who I'm going to take? I'm going to take because it's a minus one and a half. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys over Philadelphia. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's not a bad pick either. So that kind of leaves you open to take the Rams? Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. Okay. Yeah. All right. And our game against the spread, we don't have a guest to pick it for us this week. I I have a good pick for you. All right. The Cleveland Browns versus the New York Jets. Nine and a half. Cleveland Browns are favored. Cleveland will cover. I'm going to take the plus. Uh, I'll take the they'll, – they'll win by more than, than nine and a half. Yes. There you go. All right. I'll take the Jets. Let's go. I'll root for the Jets two weeks in a row. All right. 
hope they win. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> All right. So I that could... last week against the spread, I actually won that because it was uh, Washington plus six, and they lost by five. <laughs> All right. So moving on from the NFL, the Syracuse Orange had a New York State battle against the Buffalo Bulls, my alma mater. Um, these games are always very conflicting for me because obviously I grew up a huge Syracuse basketball fan, but uh, throughout the years that I was at UB and then for a few years afterwards, it, the, the Buffalo men's basketball program has been very good. So it's always interesting to see these two teams battle. And Mike, how did this game go? Well, UB was kicking their ass in the first half. I mean, they came out and they were really playing incredibly well against Syracuse. And Syracuse just wasn't playing well at all. I, I really don't understand the hype around Gerard. Um, I think if he had played the full rest of that game, that he they probably would have lost. Um, but uh, you know, Syracuse uh, was able to come back and force uh, overtime. It really was so exciting because at the end of the game, uh, end of regulation, it looked like you know Syracuse had a chance to offensively go and score. Game was tied. They turned the ball over, and UB's driving, and I'm like, easy layup. They're going to walk away with this out of the carrier dome with a victory. And Griffin, that block was so huge. Griffin was really huge at the end of this game for Syracuse. Um, so it, it was one of those, it was one of those games where I'm like, how is Syracuse blowing this? Like, how are they losing UB again? Because they lost to UB last year in the carrier dome. Um, but Syracuse was able to take advantage in overtime. They, they were the much better team in overtime for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like they've figured them out in the second half. You know, they weren't allowing as many points in the paint. Josh Mbala, uh UB's best player, definitely had an amazing game going for 27 points, going 11 for 18, seven rebounds. So, I mean, UB was just bullying them in the paint, uh, yeah. just pushing Merrick Dolezal around. But it seemed like Syracuse figured it out in the second half. They outscored them 50 to 39. Um, but like you said, it ended up going to overtime. It was hilarious, though, because like you said earlier, Nick had – Nick and Andy Badula, they had the spread for Cuse, which was 10 and a half points. And, and Pat, had the, Pat had the spread the opposite way. Yeah, he had it the opposite way, but he got it at 11 and a half because he's a sharp better and shops the lines to see where you can get the best spread. And uh, luckily, Syracuse ended up winning 107 to 96. And that was only because they allowed UB just an easy layup or an easy dunk with like one second left to bring it back from down 13 to down 11. It was just a crazy scenario for it to cover for both of our friends. Yeah, that was awesome. It was so fun. And then like getting those videos and snap, like seeing that was just great. <laughs> yeah. But, but UB is a good three and three team. They're not, they're three and three, but they're a good three and three team. So yeah. I think that they'll compete in the MAC this year. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately that this type of loss is, he, they needed this win to be somehow turned into an at-large bid team if they ended up winning like the rest of their games for the season. I think that yeah, kind of takes they, away. But if they win the MAC championship, right. they can still make the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but just going back to the, the Q spread thing real quick, it was so funny to see. So Nick, as you guys know, is probably one of the biggest Syracuse basketball fans that we know, and <laughs> it was hilarious that it was a tie game. And Cuse had the ball to end regulation, and Gary A just pulled up for a half court shot. And while that was happening, Nick's like, "Don't go in, don't go in," because he really wanted to hit his bet so bad he didn't even want his team to win at that moment. Like that is when you know you have reached peak degenerate status. No! Yes! No! Yes! And it was it was some of the most fun I've ever had watching a basketball game. 
Well, what's, what's great is it, it, there's him screaming, but you laughing in the background. No! <laughs> you, you know from, from being a better yourself of, like, being in that position. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst feeling and best feeling ever at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Syracuse gets the win 107-96 to 96, uh, off the backs of Alan Griffin, Buddy Bayheim, and Quincy Garrier all going over 20 points. Um, Cuse is 6-1. and one. I mean, that's a great start to the season. They lost to the only ranked opponent that they've played so far, but things are looking good. We'll see how they do against uh, some of the lower-tier teams in the ACC, and then we'll, we'll have the big matchups later on. Yeah, I mean, well, I still need to see them play against better competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I need to see them play against teams like Notre Dame who, uh, you know, Notre Dame's 2-4, and four, but they're, you know, they were competitive in a lot of their games they played, but uh, I need to see them against I need to see them against North Carolina, Florida State, Georgetown, uh, Clemson. I need to see them in real ACC play. And then if they're winning most of those games, then I can say, oh, Syracuse is pretty good this year. But if they're like, you know, just below 500 or 500, it's like, eh, how good is Syracuse really? You know, I I know they're beating who they're supposed to be. They're beating who's in front of them. Um, And they had their chances to win the Rutgers game, but I felt like Rutgers really was more aggressive in the last like six minutes of the game and it just overpowered Syracuse. Yeah, Rutgers is ranked for a reason. So, like you said, we'll see how the Syracuse Orange basketball team ends up uh, turning out as we continue to do the show every week. I'm sure you'll hear us talk about the same thing over and over again. Um, so, we will uh, move on to some college bas- or college football news. Mike, what you got? Well, the college football playoff was determined. Um, you will have um, Notre Dame playing Alabama as the one and four seed. That'll take place on New Year's Day. And that'll be uh, at four o'clock on ESPN. And then Clemson is the two seed and they will be playing Ohio state, uh, which a lot of people, that was a very controversial selection for Ohio state to make the play college playoff only playing six games to me. That's unfair. Mm -hmm. I I didn't like that. Um, So Clemson's the two and Ohio state's the three. They're going to be playing Friday also on new year's day at eight o'clock. So we're getting the two games then I think that the championship will be that following Monday. So uh, why don't you expand on that point about Ohio State? I mean, obviously that's a good talking point. So Ohio State, you know, because of, you know, COVID-19, their conference wasn't really letting them play at the beginning of the season. So they weren't really able to play a full schedule, a full college schedule. Um, Their game against Michigan was postponed because Michigan going into that week had a lot of COVID cases. And uh, so (laughs) they've only played six games. Um, and but the talent of Ohio State and the politics of the way they select teams to go into the playoff in college football allowed Ohio State to still make the playoff anyway. Um, yeah, no, it sucks because obviously from a rating standpoint, that's the matchup you want to because you're literally yeah. having the top two quarterbacks in the NFL draft projected to play against each other. Like, yeah. that's definitely the best game to choose. But you're right; it kind of screws uh, some of these other teams uh, out of the playoff. I forgot who were the other teams that were like just outside of it. Was it like. Uh, uh, Iowa State, I think, was one of them. Maybe Indiana. Yeah. I couldn't. I, I barely saw the list, so I apologize if I'm completely botching this. But um, no, it's I, all good. Um, it, it just it, it it. I mean, the rankings were you know Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame. I mean, the teams that are really getting screwed out of this is Texas A and M, uh, Oklahoma. Florida, oh yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Cincinnati went undefeated this year. Um. So, no, Ohio, Iowa State has three losses. They weren't going to be considered. But um, definitely, I think the two teams that really got screwed the most were Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, 
and Florida played Alabama so tight in the um, in the SEC championship that I thought Florida deserved it more than Ohio State. Ohio State just hasn't, hasn't played enough games. It's not fair. Yeah, no, it's definitely not fair. I, the, I definitely feel the worst. I always feel the worst for teams that are like still playing a decent conference and go undefeated. You know, like like what else are you supposed to do? You're yeah, just penalized you, for not playing in a good enough conference, I guess. Well, but. well, I think that's why Notre Dame still got in, is that Notre Dame went undefeated in the ACC other than their championship game against Clemson, but they did beat Clemson the first time. Yeah. And yeah. the ACC is not that strong of a football conference. Um, so, and usually Notre Dame is an independent team, and they kind of play teams from all over. Um, but this year they didn't because of the restricted play uh, due to COVID. Um, and so I, I thought Notre Dame, if they lost to Clemson, they were going to get docked for that, like, and they wouldn't make the playoffs. Um, but they still did. Uh, I don't think they stand a chance against Alabama. Um, I think it's going to be another Alabama versus Clemson uh, championship game. And then we'll see what the number one pick in the uh, 2021 NFL draft will do in his last game uh, with Clemson. Yeah, and I, I think the, the team that got snubbed the most was Coastal Carolina. 11 and 0. I mean, come on. Like, how, how can you beat that? They literally have the same record as Alabama. So that means they should be just as good as them, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly how <laughs> college football works. Yeah. I, do the you record, think that, as, as Bill Parcells once said, you, you are what your record says you are. Yeah. You're that, a perfect exactly. record. You're a perfect team. Exactly. Uh, do you think that the college football playoffs should expand to eight teams? I think it should. I don't know why. I, I, I would love that. And I think that um, they should have it so every major conference has one champion. Uh, like, you know, I mean, they do. They, they obviously all have a championship game for the conference, but I'm saying that like, that champion should be represented in the tournament. Yeah. Have, like, a, have a, like an 18 bracket. And, and like the, the snubs wouldn't feel as bad, too, if it was eight, the top eight. Like, because like, even looking at this list, if it goes, just goes from Alabama down to, down to Cincinnati, I think that's fine. Sure, yeah. people that go to Iowa State or Georgia are going to be disappointed, but like, in reality, you're not as disappointed in that scenario as opposed to Texas A&M and Oklahoma not making it when they're amazing teams. You know, it's yeah. it's a shame. And I, I don't understand why they don't expand it. I feel like everybody is for it. So, Well, the thing was that they, they haven't had the college football playoff for really that long because before it was just they selected who they thought they were the two best teams, and that was who was in the championship. I can't believe that was the case for so long. Like, that's that is just so not competitive compared to like how things are supposed to be like the college basketball tournament is one of the greatest things in sports. Right. I don't know why the football doesn't emulate it, but that also has a lot of uh, bias when it comes to selecting who, what bubble teams make and which ones don't. Yeah. Like, like I remember in, in just from our own backyard, there was a year that's, you know, that Syracuse was selected and I was like, really? Like, and their record didn't deserve it. I think compared to some other teams that worked really hard. And then they made a run, right? And they made a run, yeah. Well, yeah, but <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, I know. <clears throat> I'm just saying, like, it's crazy how that ended up working out for Some them. Some big name, big name schools will get uh, a biased favor over a, a lower tier school that yeah. might have had a better season. But that's the nature of having a tournament that limits the amount of participants. Like, it, it doesn't matter how many teams you're going to allow into a tournament. There's always going to be people that are left out. But I think just expanding the field beyond four teams would make yeah. the most sense in this scenario. There's no way they could do it because of the scheduling. There's and, and for the players' health standpoint, <laughs> 64 football teams. <laughs> yeah, people would be playing with their fourth string quarterback by the time the final four comes around. <laughs> you got Money Mike out there and in, in pads going back to school just so he can play football at the D1 Let's level. Go. Let's go. <laughs> I'll take one bit and I'll be done. <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, very excited about the college football playoff. I'm sure we'll bring Pat McMahon back on the show to talk about that. Uh, Mike, any more sports news? Well, I, I, uh, I mentioned this last week. Um, definitely want to note, we talked about Syracuse basketball. I, I have to mention the women's team. They won yet again, um, and they are now uh, they're ranked 18th in the nation. They have one loss to North Carolina, but they won against Boston College 83-70. to 70. Um, So they are now, I believe they're 5-1. They're, they're and one. And their next game is Monday the 28th at 7 o'clock on the ACC Network. If you have ESPN Plus, you'll be able to check it out. That uh, you know they're playing Morgan State, so we'll see how they do, and then they'll have a rematch right after that on the 31st against North Carolina. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said before, if you want to support, if you want women's sports to be elevated, you have to get some eyeballs on it and you know watch it. You can't just say that women's sports need to get better and then not watch or do anything about it because then nothing will change. Right, exactly. Money Mike always trying to be progressive. I love it. Yeah, um, always, always. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and the NBA is starting, and the NBA starting on uh, the on the twenty second. So the NBA is already back. The bubble just finished up a few months ago, and they're already back. So we'll see if uh, the LA Lakers will start their journey to repeat, or if we'll have a new NBA champion. Uh, I love me some early NBA regular season basketball. Isn't that just what you live for? You know, guys just not really caring about winning because it doesn't matter that much. Well, I always would love watching NBA basketball on Christmas Day um because it's something my brothers even though my brothers don't watch it uh no because <laughs> i always had exciting matches like i remember when in the early um early 2010s i guess that's how you would call it um is when the celtics <laughs> and the lakers were both really good mm-hmm. uh they would always be scheduled to play on christmas day and it was always kind of cool to see um you know kevin garnett paul pierce ray allen against weird to say the late kobe bryant yeah. um you know uh, those matchups were always fantastic and um yeah, usually when it's a big matchup like that in prime time, the players do ball out. Like, like they yeah. do try. It's just like when, whenever you see like Charlotte versus Atlanta, let's yeah. go, let's get hype. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, you mentioned Charlotte. Just a quick note: um, Lonzo Ball, his contract is not going to be extended with the New Orleans Pelicans. So after this year, he will be an unrestricted free agent. And LeVar Ball has stated he wants to put all three of his boys on the same team. His middle son was cut by the Pistons. So that brief moment where everyone cheered LeVar for getting all three of his boys in the NBA was very short-lived. Uh, <laughs> but it is possible that next summer, all three Ball boys could be playing for Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets. Drew, do you put any – if you're, you're a betting man, would you bet on that scenario to happen or nah? So does this mean at any point – before the season starts, before off-season starts, or does this mean by regular season all three of them will be on the team? By regular season, let's go with that. No, that's not happening. If the man couldn't make the Pistons, the Pistons suck. How would you, like? I don't understand if he didn't make the Lakers, if he didn't make the Clippers, if he didn't make one of the top teams in the NBA, but the Pistons. He's, he's got a year to train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, he better use it because he's definitely not as good as his brother, uh, two brothers, which is a shame. But uh, – well, exciting news. LeVar Ball and his sons always make uh, headlines. And obviously his uh, son LaMelo is very highly touted coming out of, uh, where do you play, Lithuania or something? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, he ditched high school and went to Lithuania, which is, you know, I, I understand from a standpoint of he wants to get his son playing competitive basketball. And he was, you know, ticked off the NCAA for, you know, getting his kid in trouble for stealing while he was in China. um uh so you know it it just but you know i think when you look back on it years from now uh 
you know, not everybody has a great experience in high school, but those are some experiences, life experiences that he's not going to get back. Yeah. Those memories of like, hey, do you guys remember senior prom? He'll be like, no. <laughs> I mean, I understand skipping college, I guess, from his standpoint. But yeah, yeah sk- skipping high school, I don't really understand that, especially from a parent's perspective. Like, you, you definitely want your kid to at least get a high school degree or a GED, you know? So hopefully he goes back and gets it at some point. But I mean, the man's going to be making millions. So it's, <laughs> and at some point he's probably gonna be like, no, like, I don't feel like doing that. That sounds like a lot of work. So, yeah, but, uh, all right, well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our uh, sports banter as always. It's another damn sports podcast, which means you can listen to people talk about sports anywhere, but you chose us. So yes. thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoy week 16 of another of the NFL, <laughs> not another damn sports podcast. We've been doing this for a lot longer than 16 weeks, but I hope you guys enjoy your Christmas. Whatever holiday you celebrate, Money Mike, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. And uh, happy Kwanzaa to those who celebrate Kwanzaa. And if you've already celebrated Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. There you go. Season's greetings from another damn sports podcast.